Thank you, Jim. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is John, and I don't want to drink today. Um, I recently, on Netflix, was reminded and watched a little of uh, Jason Robards, uh, uh, a famous actor, but he died a long time ago, so probably most people don't know them. And he had a, he had a movie I always really enjoyed. It was sometime in the 60s called A Thousand Clowns. And it was, you know, a set of scenes. Um, and it always started the day with him walking out of his apartment building in New York City onto this empty street. And the first thing he'd do is look out at all these apartment building windows and say, good morning, campers. Um, and I decided that's how I wanted to start this meeting. Good morning, campers. And I apologize to all those people who are in Ireland who uh, where it's evening. So good evening, campers, and good afternoon, and whatever your time zone is. Um, I've been sober not quite five years. That means that I have been sober longer than I was drinking alcoholically, because I'm one of those weird people who didn't start uh, drinking alcoholically until I was in my 60s. I'm now 70. Um, and I have a detailed explanation of, you know, how it is that I ended up waiting for 40 years of drinking like a gentleman before I started to uh, drink like a drunk. And uh, it's not very interesting, you know, so if you care about it someday, let me know and we can go offline and I can tell you, but trust me, it's not worth it. Um, so what happened? I was, uh, I came home from work you know, 7.30, something like that, uh, drunk again. And my wife said, you're drunk. And I said, no, I'm not. Um, because as we all know, if you just say you're not drunk, then you're not. Um, and she said, I think you've turned into an alcoholic. And I considered that for a nanosecond. And I said, fuck you, bullshit. Uh, I'm not an alcoholic. And the next day, I went to work. And at noon, I was still mulling over this wife confronting me with saying I was an alcoholic. So I went into a bar to prove I wasn't an alcoholic. Uh, and I, because I was going to order a drink, drink it and leave. Because an alcoholic can't do that. That's my worldview. Um, so I set up this test. Go into the bar, have a drink, leave. Not an alcoholic, no problem, no further action required. Or some other outcome, and I didn't think about that. Uh, so I went in, I ordered the drink, and three hours later, I woke up in the emergency room of Huntington Memorial Hospital with nine stitches in the back of my head, having uh, passed out on the bar stool and hit my head on the way to the floor. And carving a nice gash in the back of my head that, um, you know, took some surgeon to close. Uh, and with a blood alcohol of uh, 0.16, which was uh, given that I went in to have a drink and was in the bar for less than an hour, and it was, you know, two hours after that, it was impressive in its own way. Um, and uh, so I called the wife and said, so I'm in the ER. And she said, I'll see you when you get home, which um, codependents have 
told me over the years is a really impressive response because um, because there was <laughs> there was no effort there to uh, help me or to uh, you know be codependent. And uh, eventually, about nine o'clock in the evening, I got home, you know, Ubered, and um, I walked in, and Deb said, "Why are you in such a good mood?" And it was true, because I was smiling, and I was in this great mood. And I said, well, I set out to test whether or not I was an alcoholic. Uh, and I just flunked that test worse. You just can't flunk it any worse than that uh, and still live. So I'm an alcoholic, so I got to go deal with it. And I sat down at the laptop, and I wanted to go to an AA meeting, because that's what alcoholics do. What did I know? Um, and I wanted it because God knows I didn't want to go to any trouble. I wanted it to be within five miles of home, and I wanted it to be done so that I could still get to work on time in the morning. Uh, and because I live in Los Angeles, or technically just outside it, I had five options within five miles of my house that would get, get me a meeting and it would be done before, and I could get to work on time. Um, so I went to the closest one uh, and I walked in at 6.15 or a little before and, uh, you know, it's a little meeting of 20 people or so. And uh, I guess my theory of sneaking into a meeting and seeing what was up uh, wasn't going to work very well because I was spotted as a newcomer instantly. And they said, uh, who are you and why are you here? And what's that on the back of your head? And because, uh, of course, we've been shaved. And so, the, you know, I have the Frankenstein look, but sort of from behind going on. And so I told my story and everybody burst out laughing. Um and I still never figured out who said this, although I went to that meeting daily for years. Um, somebody said, yeah, you're in the right place. Um, and it wasn't a question of whether they were laughing at me or with me. I immediately recognized it as uh, the laughter of recognition. You know, yeah, that's something that a drunk does. Um, go into a bar and prove you're not an alcoholic. OK, yeah, I can get behind that one. Um, so, um, what did I find there? I found people talking, uh, in a very real, direct, honest fashion. Um, and I also found, um, there are all these sayings on the wall, you know, let go, let God, uh, think. Um, you've all been to rooms, you know what they say. And um, I was, I, I don't, I didn't know what to expect. I guess I thought I'd, I'd see a bunch of people on one side of the room with, with those old huge belts that the 14th century mark, monks used to, you know, flagellate themselves with. And the other side of the room would be people weeping. Um, and, you know, something that wasn't like that at all. Uh, it was a bunch of interesting people um, talking honestly and saying interesting things. Um, so that was a revelation. And somebody asked me after the meeting, so what'd you think? 
And I said, uh, well, you know, uh, there's a lot of God around here. Um, as opposed to what I probably say now, like I've been a lifelong atheist and uh, I find all this God content disturbing. Um, and, you know, step 11 sounds iffy to me. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. You know, really? And um, by the way, I never got through step 11. Um, had to change the steps in order to do them. But somebody said, oh, don't worry about that. That's just, you know, think of God as good, orderly direction. And I said, uh-huh. And somebody else said, ah, it's just a group of drunks, uh, which I liked a lot more. I could get behind a group of drunks. And uh, over time, I think the two I like the best as acronyms are Great Outdoors, um, because as Lila knows, that's where you can find a higher power if you're a spiritual person. Um, or Gift of Desperation, uh, because I came to understand that I was desperate and I would do whatever I needed to uh, to stop drinking because I couldn't stop on my own. Um, and once I had the denial removed and I could look at my behavior... I could see that I had been um, for some time saying, geez, I'm drinking too much. I got to I got to cut back. I got to slow down. I, you know what? I won't I won't drink for January. That, that's my plan. I won't have I'll have sober January. And, you know, it would get to January 3rd and I'd say, well, I haven't had a drink for two days. So obviously I'm fine. I can drink. I don't have to do a whole month. That doesn't prove anything. Um, and um Anyway, my, I was going to my, it was my fourth day, and I was in the parking lot before the meeting, just walking to it, and uh, a woman I barely knew uh, said, do you have a sponsor yet? You need a sponsor. And I said, Jesus, it's only my fourth day. I don't have a sponsor. And she said, get Dino as your sponsor. He's the right guy for you. And I said, well, how do I know if he has what I want? And she said, trust me, I'm really intuitive about this stuff. Dino's the guy for you. And, and I said, well, I don't even know who Dino is. And she said, Dino, ask Dino. And I said, okay, what makes you so sure that Dino is the right guy for me? And she said, well, he's a smart asshole and you're a smart asshole. You know, um, so after that meeting, I asked Dino if he'd be my sponsor because I can follow directions that are that clear. And uh, to my great relief, the first thing he wanted to talk about was that he could fire me at any time for no cause. Um, and I could do the same to him because I was, I was like, thank God. I was worried that having a sponsor meant some sort of commitment and uh, no commitment was necessary. Um, but he had a lot of things he wanted me to do if I was going to be his sponsee. And I had the gift of desperation, so I was willing to listen and, and do things that I thought I could do. And the first thing he said to do was to go to a lot of different meetings, a lot of different meetings. I hadn't been to a different meeting yet. I've been to the same meeting four days in a row. 
Um, and he said, go to a lot of different meetings. There are meetings all over the place, all times of the day and night. Uh, go to a lot of them, but know that there are meetings you will hate. Uh, and there are meetings you will love. And he said, don't go back to the meetings you hate. Make a habit of the meetings you love. I found that to be very effective. Uh, he also said, share, if you can, in every meeting you go to. And don't, you know, put your hand up in the last 30 seconds and, and you don't get called on and say, well, I tried to share. That's bullshit. The first opportunity to share, put your hand up. And I said, okay. And he said, and you must be relentlessly positive. And I said, Tina, what the fuck does relentlessly positive mean? Um, and he said, I'll tell you exactly what it means. He said, uh, rather than whining about how now you've become an alcoholic, you had 40 years of drinking like a gentleman where you drank once or twice a month a drink or two. That's the fantasy of everybody else in the goddamn rooms. Uh, why don't you be grateful for those 40 years you had? And rather than, you know, the last four or something where you've been fucking up, uh, that's being relentlessly positive. And I said, okay. Uh, I can do that. And he said, and be of service to the meetings. So always leave some money in the pot. Help clean up. Get there early and put the chairs out. You know, whatever it is, be of service. I said, okay, I can do that. And so I set about doing those things. And, um, you know, one of the first things I wanted to know was why me? You know, why did I get picked on to be a drunk and to have all these consequences that I was just being able to start noticing. And I don't know why, but Jesus, it seemed like every other meeting I went to, somebody wanted me to read the doctor's opinion. Um, and I hate the doctor's opinion. I read it, I don't know, six, ten times before I said, okay, fuck it, I'm not reading it anymore. Uh, it did nothing for me. You know, it's not an allergy. I get metaphor. Okay, I'm I'm behind, you know, it's like an allergy, but there are no fucking allergens. It doesn't explain why um, I had to drink more all the time. Um, you know, if it were an allergy, I would have a little drink and I'd be done. I'd be sick. Um, and besides, you know, Dr. Silverwood got his medical degree in 1900. Jesus, it's 120 years later. Haven't we learned anything since then? Um, so I had to, you know, being the pain in the ass that I am, I had to go do research on what is this stuff? What's going on? And I learned about neuroplasticity. You know, our brains are plastic. Um, and um, that, that my brain, probably many brains, just love to get the payoff of endorphins and serotonin and all sorts of other chemicals uh, that we can get from uh, doing things like having a drink or running a marathon. Let me think, have a drink or run a marathon. I'll have that drink. Thank you very much. Uh, and that worked great. Um, you know, and I get that payoff and it'd be James Brown. You know, James Brown. I feel good. I knew that I would now. I feel nice, like sugar and spice. And you know what? It uh, 
it took more than one drink after a while and it took um really a lot of drinks after a while and uh that's because the brain is plastic and it's always trying to get back to some sort of golden mean uh, my wife is pointing at her wristwatch and she's going what the fuck are you talking so long for because she's used to share what works for you my home meeting where we limit people to two minutes and uh you know marcia i think roped me into this and she said you can talk as much as you want and i said i have a plan to make you regret ever saying that to me and i've only just started so you know here's my notes i'm here okay so um the more you drink the more you need to get off the more you use the more it takes to get off um because the brain is, is shoving you back towards normal and so what what you're doing in your brain is you're building this neural highway that leads to the payoff that you know that it takes the drugs or the alcohol to get down and um the payoff always gets smaller over time the first time is best um and you always need more and um it's really annoying because you've built the highway it's just there you've got this neural pathway that's a fucking you know it's the if you're from southern california it's the merger of the 615 uh the 415 and the 22 freeways which i want you all out of towners to imagine is nine lanes of freeway and four breakdown lanes in each direction okay it's just you could land military aircraft sideways on on that freeway and that's what i got in my head uh for the booze and it zaps me right to the end right away so um you know it doesn't matter how long i quit i don't go back to the beginning it's no there's no reset um it takes me right to the end and then i gotta push on from there um so that sucks but that's the way it is for me and so I said, okay, I got to figure out how my brain works. And so again, I did a lot of reading and I, and what really resonated with me was, um, this, um, Dr. Danny, I say Danny, because I, you know, I like to pretend he's a close personal friend of mine. And of course I've never met him, uh, Kleinemann, uh, who's done a lot of work, won a Nobel prize in economics even though he's a psychologist, which gives you an idea of how fucking smart he is. But in his basic worldview, there are two brains. One is the quick brain. Uh, it's the fight or flight brain. It's the brain that keeps us alive. It's the brain that's always engaged. And then in the background is this lazy ass thinking brain that's saying all the time, yeah, you go ahead, quick brain, you, you know, you're fine. You don't need me. Don't bother me. I'm, I'm napping. Um, and, um, anytime I go to into flight or fight or flight mode, 
All right, let the quick brain decide. The answer is uh, more drugs or alcohol. And it's only when I get to the thinking brain where I remember, oh yeah, that doesn't make anything better. It only makes stuff worse. It's 100% of the time that it doesn't work. It never works. So that's my leads to my favorite AA acronym. And if you're new to the program, we got a shitload of acronyms, you know, halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. I've never liked that one. Um, but the seven T's, that's one I can really get behind. And the seven T's are take the time to think things through. Where's my camera? That's seven. Take the time to think things through. Uh, because if I use, if I do that line, if I have that drink, uh, I'm, I have ceded control. I am now out of control until enough time has passed that I can uh, sleep for hours and uh, wake up not loaded. Um, and then I have a chance to do something differently again. But once I've started, there's no stopping me. Um, and uh, so I know I can't drink no matter what. And, and I know I can't, this is something else that Dino, my sponsor, taught me. I can't think myself into changing my thoughts. I can't think myself into doing things differently. However, I can do things differently uh, and end up with better thoughts. Uh, this was This was huge for me because uh it took me a lifetime <laughs> a lot of therapy to to finally accept that you feel how you feel doesn't matter whether you want to feel that way or you think you feel, should feel that way or if you're proud or ashamed of feeling that way you just feel how you feel and you're stuck with that but what it took the the incredible gift that aa gave me the life-changing, struck by lightning on the road to Damascus. The event was um, that I have total agency. I have complete control of what I do with my feelings, what I do next, what action I take. So I feel how I feel, and I can't do anything about that. So I've been a lifelong depressive, you know, I've battled depression, taken drugs. It's been a huge challenge my whole fucking life. And you know what? There are still days when I get up and I'm depressed. And uh, I don't even think about it anymore. I don't need to talk about it with Dino. I know what to do. I go to a meeting. Uh, I share, and I am fucking relentlessly positive. Um, so I'm out there saying, good morning, campers. It's going to be another great day. And what's so annoying about AA, which is really makes me totally nuts, is we've got all these stupid, cliched recommendations, and they all work. Okay, every one of them works. And, um, you know, I don't know what will work for you. I know the stuff that works for me. Um, and the thinking brain, once I took enough time to take to think things through, 
I could put together a plan and I could execute the plan. And I realized I regained my agency in life. I didn't have to drink. I didn't have to use anymore. I can put that another way. I can say, tough shit, don't drink. Or I can say, don't drink no matter what. And lots of people in AA say it that way. Um, but for me, I said, I can drink as much as I want, whenever I want. But first, I have to do a few things. And so I have a list of six things that I have to do uh, before I can drink as much as I want, whenever I want. And the first one is I have to do my deep breathing exercises. And the deep breathing exercises came from Dino, I don't know, four days after he was my sponsor. And there was some crisis. I don't know what it was. I called him up and I said, you know, it was 10 o'clock in the morning. I didn't care. I got to have a drink. It's got to be now. And he said, okay, listen to me carefully. I want you to take a breath as follows. Inhale for four seconds, and then don't exhale for four seconds, and then exhale for four seconds, and then don't inhale for four seconds, and then tell me you've done that. So I... Okay, I've done that. And he said, all right, good. Do it again. Got it? Inhale for four seconds. Don't exhale for four seconds. Exhale for four seconds. Don't inhale for four seconds. And then tell me you've done it. And I do all that. And I say, okay, I've done it. And he said, did you drink between those two breaths? And I said, no. He said, good. Keep doing that. Uh, and so my first step before I can drink as much as I want, whenever I want, is I've got to do that breathing exercise for five minutes. And I've been doing that for not quite five years. And in those five years, there is one time where that hasn't worked. And I had to go to step two. And I don't know what'll work for you. Uh, you know, I got, I'm not even gonna tell you what my next four steps are, but it's, you know, boring, Program shit, call somebody, go to a meeting, blah, blah, blah. Do what works for you. Uh, but my sixth part of this is I got to sleep on it. Um, and that makes sense to me. You know, big decision. You should take the time to think things through. You should sleep on it. Uh, so I'll go, I know that if I get to step six, I will sleep on it. And the next morning I will get up and I will know I can drink as much as I want. And I can do that whenever I want. So I'm going to start off and do the first thing I'm going to do to five minutes of breathing exercises. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'll get to step six and I'll have to sleep on it before I act. So, you know, it's not like I fool myself. I get this, that following this procedure doesn't allow me to drink ever. But in my head, what works is to say, I can drink as much as I want, whenever I want. And all I got to do is these little things, these little things that take a couple minutes. They're really easy to do. And if you think about all the fucking hard work we all go to, to get high or to get drunk, you know, it's a lot of work to sustain the lifestyle of an addict, right? I mean, it's not easy. And, and compared to that, there's what do you have to do to stay sober? It's really tiny shit. You know, I got to breathe for five minutes. Are you kidding me? Anybody can do that. Um, so 
that's that's where I came out because I discovered that um, my risk. I thought about you know what is it? Talk to people who've gone back to drinking and listened to a lot of stories, and I you know I hear things that I relate to and things that I don't. But the one I really relate to is people who say I just got the fuckets. You know, whatever I was faced with, I just said, fuck it, give me the drink. And I thought, man, that's me. I know the fuckets. And um, so uh, what's my plan? My plan is to interrupt those five minutes before I get a drink. Because I don't have the stuff in the house. And it'll probably take me five minutes to get to a liquor store. It'll probably take me 10 minutes to get to a dealer. Um, but, you know, I got to interrupt that. And so what do I do? I do my breathing instead. And I do my other six steps. Um, and um, that, that's how it works for me. That's my story. Uh, I, I, I like the seven S's to go along with the seven T's. The seven S's I kind of made up, but uh, stealing from others, of course. Good AA tradition that's 87 years old. Um, the seven S's are service is the secret sauce to sobriety. Science says so. Um, and that's my story. That's what I got. Love to hear from all of you. Thank you, Jim, for giving me this opportunity. Thank you all for your unbelievable patience and putting up with this guy. Um, and happy new year to all. Let me hear you come say something. <laughs>